Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest, Steve Sosnick, Chief Strategist at Interactive Brokers. So I want to throw a bunch at you, and you pick your poison here. You get four choices. You can maybe, we'll circle back on the others. 75 versus 100. The 210 inversion. The dollar is up 10% year to date. Why doesn't that mitigate inflation of 9.1%? And finally, that's a pretty scary number at 9.1%. Why is the VIX only at 26 and actually down for the day? Steve. Wow. Um, how long do we have? Well, let me well, let pick me one, pick through. one, and then we'll come back to the other. Let's, let's, start, let's start with 75 versus 100. Um, as you noted in, in your intro before, uh, markets kind of got a 60% lean toward, toward um, 100 basis points instead of 75. Um, I, I kind of, I'm going to go with, the, I'm going to go with 75 here. I, I think Powell, when all said and done, is deathly afraid of, of surprising markets. And yes, while I just said that markets are more expecting 1% than, than three quarters of a percent, um, you know, he, he doesn't want to surprise based on what he's been saying. So unless, uh, unless we see, um, the Fed fund futures really implying something close to, to a full percentage point, which is what happened when we got 75 last time. Um, I would expect to see 75 again. I just don't think he's got it. I just don't think he's got it in him yeah. to do that Steve. right now, despite the fact that Canada did it. Steve, you go 100. Where's your credibility? It's just uh, it's almost an admission that you failed and you're way, way behind the curve. Um, I think you gave a bit. Yeah, that, that's a fabulous reason, Rish. That, that's exactly right. I think, he, I think he doesn't want to admit it. I, I, my personal point of view is they're way behind the curve in terms of quantitative tightening. They, they've, you know, again, they're like going into that with baby steps. Um, you know, and again, if you think of inflation as too much money chasing too few goods, well, we have both. We normally get one or the mm. other. Um, he, it doesn't, neither of them fixes the too few goods part, but yeah. Interest rate hikes, while very visible means of fighting inflation, don't really address the too much money part. It's the quantitative tightening that does. And hey. that, for some reason, really spooks them. So, okay, well, well, I guess past history spooks them. We just squeezed this in. It looked like it could be a really big down day, and the equities came back. Why? Well, I think part of the – well, first of all, there was the shock on the opening. Remember also Wednesdays before a monthly expiration, which we have on Friday, is VIX expiration. Um, so that, so in some ways, it was like the worst time to get a, a market-moving number. I think once we got that out of the way, um, we would kind of sold off in advance a bit yesterday. And so I think, you know, when there was no follow-through after the open, you know, then, then, then let's try to take them higher. Steve, uh, let me just get, get, get a sense of, uh, you know, the, the strength of the dollar and its pluses and its negatives. I mean, we're approaching, uh, we, we just touched parity, actually, uh, against the euro. Um, is that more a reflection also of fundamentals in Europe? And is the recent yen weakness likewise a reflection of uh, the economic conditions and the state of the economy there? 
Well, to some extent, but I think, you know, the, you know I'll, I'll take the, the Occam's razor view and just sort of say the simplest answer is that, um, you know, what we just finished discussing, how fast the, you know, the Fed was going to raise rates and, and um, you know, and the Bank of Japan and, and, and the ECB are, are essentially, you know, meandering along with, without really committing to anything. Um, so just from that point of view, you know, people, people are going to go where the yield is. Um, yeah, there's a lot more to it, but in terms of relative strength, et cetera. But I think the ba- the simplest answer is the interest rate differential and the perception that the interest rate differential will continue to widen in the short term. Yeah, one of the big questions, you know, obviously this is all linked uh, on how high does inflation go and do we go into a recession and and uh, when does the Fed finally um, give the all clear or at least hint at it. Uh, people, including the president, say that the CPI print is out of date because uh, oil prices and other commodities have fallen recently. But actually, if you look back, oil prices started falling on June 8th. So you would think, even though there's a lag, but you'd think that some of that would have been captured, uh, you know, in the month of, of June, but apparently not. So is this the last big number, or are we still heading higher? I, I think this may be I think this, I think we may have seen the peak or at least the plateau. I don't know. I don't necessarily want to call it. You know, want to call it because I would have. I probably would have said. You know, last month if you'd asked me this question, yeah, we'd seen the peak. And, um, but I think we're certainly seeing the plateau. And I do agree. You know, I noticed yesterday there were big declines in oil and agricultural commodities. We're, we're kind of back to the pre-Ukraine levels in many of these things. The problem is the perception and. The crack spread where you have the price of gasoline vis-a-vis the price of oil, which used to be really consistent, gasoline completely outpaced um, oil, uh, let's say, since April. And, and while they've both come down, gasoline has not come back down to the levels where, um, where, where, you know, where, you, where the oil price would imply. Also, because of the nature of the way that works at the pump, you know, they tend to say that oil, you know, oil goes up like a rocket and down like a feather. And so it's slow to come down. And that's what drives people's mindset is, is the price of finished good, you know, the, the, not, you know, the food at the store, not necessarily the price of corn futures, that kind of thing. And so that's what's getting in people's heads still. And that's, that's why I think you'll still see some stickiness, even though I do agree that, that you're seeing some mitigation in, in the prices of the food and energy, which, of course, are the non-core items anyway. Well, this is it, isn't it, Steve? I mean, you look at, you mentioned, uh, for instance, uh, gasoline. It's uh, down 19% from its peak at the beginning of June, but it's still 26% above uh, the February 24th level is when the invasion of Ukraine took place. We've got at the moment uh, wheat below those levels, soybeans below the uh, uh, pre-invasion as well, and we've got also copper lower too. But the point being here, does this exogenous view have uh, now uh, endogenous properties, i.e., are we getting demand pull inflation now because it doesn't look quite like it? Um, I think think we're not getting demand pull so much um, as we are getting embedded, you know, the wage wage inflation is is really trying to creep in, Um, which let me be very careful what I say here. I I do like people getting more money in their paychecks. Let's be be clear about that. Mm But if you're, the, you know, if you're the Fed, uh, you know, at one hand you want people with more money in their pockets, and another hand you don't want them just continually getting into a wage price spiral. 
Um, and I think that's where the bigger risk is. And I think that's going to be extraordinarily tricky for the Fed because we're getting really into the land of the dual mandate between stable prices and full employment. Um, we may be at a point where you can't necessarily have them both, um, which, which we really had for, you know, for the better part of, of a decade plus. We were really spoiled in that, re- in re- that regard. Steve, politicians get in trouble when they, you know, sort of lecture companies and say, bring your prices down. People say that's not capitalism. But one of the original questions that I posed uh, as a possibility for you was with a dollar this strong, really, I mean, up 10 percent for a broad index like the Bloomberg dollar spot index. Why doesn't it mitigate inflation more? Is it that people are not actually bringing the prices down and they're they're actually you know, using and abusing the American consumer? Um, you know, I, I, won't, I won't say use and abuse. I think, I think definitely, the comp- you know, if you're, if, you're the, if you're the company, you're going to want to try to charge as much as you can. We're starting to see it. I mean, you know, we had the, the, the fake holiday Prime Day and, you know, here, uh, for Amazon here, you know, 12th and 13th. And, but it wasn't just Amazon having these huge sales. It was, it was more or less every merchant having big sales. And so I do think that they're trying to they're, – they're, they're, they're in a tough situation now. We know that Target and Walmart have been choking on some excess inventory. I'm sure there have to be others. But, you know, again, they don't want to mark their prices down too aggressively across the board, so they're using Amazon as their, as their, um, you, you know, as, as their cover, so to speak. So I, I do think you start to see some of this mitigate. That's possibly because retail, you know, retail consumers – you know, are, get feel strapped because of because of the rising food and energy prices. And even though they're starting to come down, they're still in the mindset that things are high and more expensive, which which to a certain extent they are. Maybe just not as expensive as they were at the peak. What do you do if you're an investor then? I think you have to. I think you have to remain very cautious. I think you. I think you play what, the earnings season that's upcoming very close to the vest. Um, I know it starts tomorrow at the banks. I, I really think the banks are, are like the worst bellwether because they're so dependent on fluky things that don't really affect the rest of the, the rest of the industrial companies. Um, but I, I think you have to see number one: do companies take the Microsoft route and say that the dollar is impacting their their earnings from around the world? And uh, number two: how does the market react to <laughs> negative uh, stories? Because that was really the tell in January and April. They they take they took out companies that missed and, and destroyed them. If they if they're a little more charitable this time, and I have no reason to believe that they are necessarily, but if you see some of these companies have misses and they don't actually get clobbered, they just kind of go down a little. That's probably a time that you start to think about maybe it's a little bit safer to get back in the water, and then you start to think in terms of a value investor looking for solid rep- earnings that can be replicated and cash flows that that can support dividends. Yeah, you just wonder whether or not uh, the valuations are such, uh, the discounting having already been done, that the market can basically move almost sideways today on that horrific number. Yeah, it did. You know, we we have gotten very oversold. Um, And again, you know, but to me, the other shoe that's left out there, you know, sort of lurking at us is the quantitative tightening. And the mark and markets have not done well during cute periods of when the Fed has tried to shrink their balance sheet. Think of um, 2018 when we sold off hard in the in the in the fourth quarter. Think of 2019 where we recovered after the Fed stopped raising rates, but then we ended up with a repo crisis that that ultimately led to an upward market in late of 2019. But ultimately, you know, the Fed had to step in 
and stop sh- stop reducing its balance sheet because they were getting the banks into trouble. They couldn't finance their positions. So I think that is that is, remains a huge risk out there of what happens when we actually really start to drain money instead of making it more expensive. All right, Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Steve Sosnick, Chief Strategist at Interactive Brokers with us. If- Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.